0: Hello and welcome to The Schism. This podcast is all about critical thinking, dot connecting, the nature of reality and trying to uncover the truth about the world we live in, society, who we are and where we come from. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Schism. Today I'm joined by my co-host Adam. Hello everyone. Once again. And we are going to be picking up from where we left off last time in regards to the pandemic. The pandemic. So in the last episode we talked about the outbreak in China and how that set a blueprint for the rest of the world in terms of their response to the virus. Mm -hmm. But as we discussed last time, China seemed a very long way away still in the minds of people in the west yeah i mean it's, it's not it's actually round the <laughs> yeah and a country much closer to home was was needed for the virus to strike and send a message if it can happen there it can happen here and that country was italy mamma mia italia italy's obviously the religious center of europe being home to the old pope oh, in the vatican yeah. Right, the holy city. And I, I think that does hold a lot of... like That That holds real significance, because I think Italy... You know, it's like the religious heart of Europe. Yeah. And Italy being the country that this really kicked off in definitely served a purpose. I mean, for one, the Pope and the Vatican are going to have to directly address this. They are. I mean, think they're one of the most central powers in the world that people look to. Think about it. The church. Yeah. And I definitely think that if you are talking about a globalist cabal or like a global power or a global cult, like the Vatican, Rome, that would be a core of it. It's almost like where it started. To some, start. I'd love to see what's down in the vaults of the Vatican. Miles deep, apparently. Wow. Miles deep. Apparently, there's like books made out of like human flesh. And yeah. Can you imagine the stuff down there? Oh. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be touching it. You know, when they say, like, would you like gloves? I'll be like, give me six pairs. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, like, when people go down there, it's like, you know, in a security clearance to the max, and they have to handle the books with, like, gloves. Yeah. And stuff like that. It's actually, I heard some bits it's even, like, in Game of Thrones, actually, like, on chains and stuff that you can't even remove them. Out That's, of the wild. Yeah. That's wild. That's yeah. wild. You wonder if, like, the. Because a lot of people say that the library of Alexandria that was burnt down, all the you know, Gnostic scrolls and all the rest of it, they weren't actually lost a lot. It it was cleared out before they burnt it down and that and a lot of it ended up in the vaults of the Vatican. So how many times have they done that over history? So we know as a place, the Vatican is a pretty powerful place indeed. These guys have hoarded information, knowledge for years. Yeah, and I always look at how people treat the Pope as well. Mm. And I'm including world leaders there. Like they bow down to him, they kiss his ring. It's all very Godfather, and if you watch the Godfather three, it's all set in Rome, yeah. And it's and and it, it's all within the the Vatican and stuff. The, and, it, and it's drawing comparisons the whole time between the Godfather and the Godfather, you know, the actual yeah. Godfather who would be the Pope. Well, there's the famous uh, confession scene. Yeah, you know, right, Michael yeah. Corrione confesses his sins. To the father about him and his brother and the, and the murder and oh I mean, the movie was drawing comparisons the whole time between the two, and it and it feels like that when you see world leaders around the Pope, they're like crawling around him, like literally on their hands and knees. Yeah, people treat the Queen in a similar way. They bow, they curtsy. You, there's certain rules with the Queen, like you can't. Turn your back on her and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Like when you leave the room, you have to back out doing the <laughs> doing the moonwalk <laughs> practically because you can't turn your back on her. <laughs> I mean, what? Yeah, I know it's it's it is strange, but there's like like you said, there's certain protocols that we adopt around these certain figures. But the Pope's one's the most extreme dude. Yeah. He's, at, he's at the top of the the the, the pinnacle. Yeah, like I watched the clip of Biden recently, and he was giving the Pope a Warrior for Peace medal. Like, it kind of reminded me of when, like, Obama got the Nobel Peace Prize, even though he dropped... He got he more drone strikes on, like, innocent civilians, <laughs> women and children than, like, any other president. And yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, have the Peace Prize. It kind of felt like that, like... Oh, Biden's <laughs> giving him the Warrior for Peace medal. <laughs> but what I found interesting was the language when Biden gave it to him. He said, "Now, with your permission, I would I would like to give you this." Yeah. Okay. Now, I just thought, with your permission, the way he was acting around him was just not. You don't see world at- leaders act like this around people, oh, yeah. like crawling around him. Oh. Like, imagine giving someone a birthday present and be like, can I have your permission to give this to you? I mean, Jesus, like, <laughs> it'd be like g- going around, like, a friend's house and, like, the their, like, wife is like, darling, do I do I have permission to take your drink away? Like, yeah, take it away. You'd think, oh, my God, she's a beaten housewife. Do I, yeah, God, with, with your permission, can I give you this? And all the language, like, your holiness, your grace, like, all this, you know, what does he call them? Just like... Mr. Biden, well, even the Biden, <laughs> well, even warrior for peace, the Pope, a warrior for peace. Oh, I don't know how much peace he sort of put out in the world in terms of the priests that under his organization have got away with the sort of things they've got away with. Yeah, right. Yeah. And warrior. Well, <laughs> I haven't seen him strapped with a M sixteen out in Iraq shooting shooting insurgents. So warrior's right out the window. And, I mean, if he was awarded some sort of medal for yeah, covering up mass. Child molestation <laughs> across the globe. Oh, you does deserve that one. Warrior for nonces. <laughs> you could give him that. You can give him that medal. For your contribution to paedophilia worldwide <laughs> by reinstating priests that have abused again and again, just changing <laughs> location so they could go on to abuse more boys. Do you wish you one if the guys who asked to do the presentation, <laughs> would you accept the award or... <laughs> We've done so much for our cause, So much. <laughs> <laughs> And as you know, many of the boys that were abused will turn out to be abusers themselves. So your legacy really will live on. And let's give a hand now to... <laughs> hurrah, hurrah. Yeah, but spreading peace, mm, Yeah, not so sure about that. Nah. Spreading little boys' booty cheeks apart, maybe. <laughs> I have also, going back to the how people treat the Pope thing, I, I've seen one clip where the Pope meets the Rothschilds and then suddenly it's like role reversal and he's kissing their hands. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that picture, yeah. And I was like, whoa. And apparently... What's that, that about? He doesn't do that anywhere. I think there's no, not many pictures in the world you could find of the Pope kissing anyone's hand in that manner which he was doing it. It's like a complete role reversal, which is pretty wicked if you just... He kisses babies. Oh, yeah. You can find lots of pictures of him kissing babies. All the Popes, they love that. But yeah, they've got a thing about kissing adults' hands. They don't like that. Unless said the Rothschilds, but I know this sounds quite frivolous. That sort of, what does it matter? It's tradition. But for a second, just imagine you were like an alien civilization looking in, trying to find out who the who rules this world. Isn't that something that you would look at? If you didn't have the rest of the context, you'd be like, well, how do they behave? Round one another, yeah. or this person they're all bowing down to. and Well, they would, they would think, oh, he's of some, some importance of some sort. The most important, by the way, that all the world leaders are treating him, addressing him, almost worshipping him, in a sense. In a sense, yeah. And it's the same with the British royal family and the way they treat the Queen. It makes you wonder, in terms of hierarchical power, these people seem higher up to me than come-and-go politicians and world leaders that, let's face it, give it another 10 years or whatever, there'll be a different set of world leaders that we know are all chosen. Like, when you look at the Bilderberg Group and all these other kind of think tanks where the world leaders are basically picked before they actually run. Yeah. It's like they're picked already. Sometimes both both sides, that like Vote A and Vote B, were at both the same Bilderberg meeting before. Yeah, yeah, well, the, the, the whole thing with Blair, uh, we knew Tony Blair got his role in office from being yeah. at those meetings. And they would basically say "You Blair, you're going to be prime minister in five years. All you've got to do is sit here, say this, do this, and we'll just ferry you, ferry you in. Dirty bastard. Dirty. I hate Blair. I hate the way, way Blair's been... Poking his nose in the whole COVID pandemic as well, like what has it got to do with him? He should be hanging his head in shame. Yeah, it, he's it, literally a war criminal, and he's not even a politician anymore. And he's certainly not a health expert. So why is he suddenly a leading authority about something like the COVID passports? I just think Tony Blair's like a lot of these sirs. Like everyone that is has been a sir has been rolled out during the pandemic to save their little peace and push the vaccine agenda. And Tony Blair is just one of them people. Like. Pick up the phone. Right, Tony, we need you back in. We need you to say X, Y, and Z. Yes, master. (laughs) Tony, is that you? (laughs) Tony, he's here. Right, phone going off. Don't our phones go off at the weirdest times? I know. Tony? (laughs) Speak of the devil. (laughs) Tony, I've told you not to call me this late. (laughs) Also, another point to make with people like the Pope and the Queen (laughs) and Biden, all these people are still alive. Like, these people are dinosaurs. The Queen's 95 years old. They're pretty old. They're pretty old. That's pretty likely, really. And some, you know, I, I don't know what kind of precautions the Pope's taking, but the Queen, I never see her with a mask on. The only time I've seen her with wearing a mask was at her husband's funeral. At Philip's funeral, she was sitting on her own, wearing a mask, and literally a matter of weeks later, she's at the G7 summit, Having a laugh, eating canapes in like a room full of people from all over the world. No one wearing a mask other than the, the servants, like serving the bloody entrees. Well, it was the same as Biden. He's at all 95. These, same as Biden. He's at all these like big sort of meetings with people. You see them like rubbing shoulders. Especially like behind the scenes things. when you see them a bit more relaxed or whatever. Like they clearly don't give a shit. So you'd think if they were promoting the viruses that was that deadly. And especially look at their age. That's what I mean. The (laughs) Pope and the Queen, they're all very old. We'd be told these guys, if it gets to the elderly and they get get a respiratory illness, that could be... (laughs) They're vulnerable. I mean, how many times have you heard that, that word in the pandemic? Vulnerable. To be fair, though, the Biden's probably a bit more vulnerable than the Queen. You know, I don't know why. I just get the impression that he's he's well, much closer to the end than the Queen is. Well, you say that, but there is some serious rumours going about at the moment that the Queen is actually dead. So, if you haven't heard that, you heard it at first. Because you imagine that that was the bomb that came. Well, out. because a lot of people say that Philip didn't die when he had, when they actually said he he died because they were like, oh, the timing wasn't right, and there's been a lot of kind of leaks that oh, well, it was earlier than that, but they didn't want to reveal it until then because of. They're they make. Which at the same time is probably their priority if they want to want to do so. But it's funny that's kept from us though. Yeah. yeah. Well, it makes you sort of think. Oh, well, the Queen could. You know, maybe they're like, get get Christmas out of the way, get get New Year. Like, <laughs> tell them before we lock them down again. Oh God forbid it's in the middle of our after. Sp- forbid- tell them after. I, God forbid it's in the middle of a speech. <laughs> <laughs> well, they could probably just do one of these like. They've either got the speech recorded, or or they can do one of these uh, deep fakes. It lo- it it, it well, looks like a deep fake already. The Queen's speech. Well, it? I mean, we were only saying on the, the metaverse episode that the presentation that we weren't sure would be yeah well, real yeah. or not. So exactly, and like the Queen, the Queen's pretty old school a little bit like someone like Marilyn Monroe or something, where you where you see pictures of her and stuff a lot more than you hear her talk. Or Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the Queen is sort of like, you see her, but you don't really hear much from her. Well, it, it's like... So they could easily do a deep fake, and it's like, well, I've only really seen her speak on the Queen's well, she, speech, she has, speech and a she, couple she's, of other times. She has appointments, doesn't she? She has, like... She'd say a few words, like, thank you, or something, like, <laughs> well, <there's>, that's it. <laughs> There'd be the, the Easter message, uh, the Christmas message. It's uh, not like she goes on talk shows, is it? No. <laughs> She's not sitting down on the sofa to Oprah, is she? No. Or doing, like, a, even a live debate or nothing. Not that's what I mean. mean. She'd be the easiest person to did, do a fake-off. She doesn't even come in, into politics or parliament. No, right. So people would mm-hmm. be like, well, I mean, that's what she looks like on the stem. <laughs> <laughs> It could be, yeah. and, and also as well, imagine all the Queen's speeches over the years, how much data you could draw from that to uh, make a fake Queen speech. There together. would be enough vocal recordings easily to just mash one together. You could probably do it yourself now. Yeah, like in cassette a player style. style. Like, yeah, it, it would sound weird if her voice had changed from a speech. It'd jumpy, like <laughs> it was pieced together from all different clips throughout the ages. Yeah, <laughs> it would be weird. But they have the technology that not only could they do it for the vocal extractions, they would have every kind of facial expression and... Well, it it would be the background, everything. They could draw up the car, the the, the, the nicest room, the the best bed in the background, or or interior, the mirrors. The bed. bed. It's (laughs) not a bedroom. (laughs) Oh, hello. Fancy seeing you here. I don't normally give interviews from the bedroom, but tonight I was feeling saucy. This year I wanted to give something back to the British people, that I know they've wanted to see for many a year. <laughs> Why is she in her lingerie? What is happening? <laughs> this this is, is not a gift. <laughs> <laughs> Mum, uh, the Queen's speech has really taken a mad turn this year. Come in the front room. <laughs> no, so these rumours about her being dead started because there's been a few leaks. Oh, she's not in the best of help. Obviously, she's very old and we are living during a pandemic, but interesting that none of these old fogies have, have died. Yeah. Judging to believe from the death figures that have been released and all the health warnings that we've been receiving through yeah. our media. And the fact that mm. it's not like they've been laying low, is it? Like, whilst most OAPs have been, like, locked down... Yeah. That's old-age pensioners for people, not from the UK. I don't think they're called OAPs everywhere, are they? What's we've got? All the old codgers. Yeah. out there that have been locked down, not really leaving their house other than to, like, go to the supermarket with a mask on. Like, there's oh, not oh. been any of the people we just named, like the Queen, the Pope, Biden the, Biden, the Biden. And they've all been jetting around everywhere. Pope didn't make it to COP26. But, yeah, people... Was, sorry, back to, back to my original point. People are, are rumoring that the Queen's dead because she's getting older, she's not really been about, and she didn't go to the Barbados thing. Like yes. Barbados has recently parted ways with the Queen to become the world's newest republic and she didn't turn up to the ceremony. Yes, I did see that. Mm. Prince Charles did. And weirdly, the singer Rihanna, who's like, it felt like she almost like replaced the Queen. A true Barbadian. Mm. Like Prince Charles, they're like, I could get used to this. <laughs> but yeah, Rihanna was being hailed as like a national hero of Barbados to coincide with the transition to a... Independent Republic, but no queen in sight. Hmm. So the rumours have circulated further. Well, you you could. Is uh, the queen dead? You could. Uh, you heard it here first on the Schism. You exclusive. Could, you could say, look, she's quite old. It's she's quite, very old. It's she's quite ninety-five. It's quite far to travel if she's going by plane. By she'd probably get. A she's over. probably not a massive Riri fan. Ella, <laughs> Ella, <laughs> turn this garbage <laughs> off. <laughs> Yeah, so obviously we've, we've spoken about it being in Italy being important, but it was a specific area of northern Italy, wasn't it? Called Lombardy. It's a sort of district in northern Italy. It's not very big, but a, f- a fine thing about it is the air pollution. Of all the places that you could have chosen, a, a, a single country... It's perfect. It was perfect. A bit like Wuhan. That's what... You have to wonder. That's why they are blueprint. The Wuhan of Italy. Oh, <laughs> they, <laughs> they should have that on a big sign. It was their blueprint. You know, they know this works. You know, with, with Wuhan, it was a heavily polluted area. So why wouldn't it work the same for Italy? I mean, you can look at a picture of a Wuhan cityscape where it's, like, completely fogged over and the air pollution is just so bad that you can look at one from Lombardy and even though one's in China and one's in Northern Italy, it kind of looks like the same place. Yeah. That's how thick the smog is. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> in, if, I think if you look in Europe, some of the most polluted parts of Europe as a whole, we always used to consider Athens, right, as a really polluted place. You remember when you are younger, like, they used to show you like the smog over a- Athens in like biology books. Yeah. Well, that's not just... There now. There are lots of parts in in Europe, and and Lombardy is actually one of those places where they do suffer from this. But unbeknown to us, you know, you'd still think Madrid, and like I said, Athens and some of these really... But not a very small area like that, and it's a lot of it to do with altitude and the way pollution rises in the air as well. And there's a lethal combo there as well because there's a lot of old people. There's a lot of old people in Italy and northern Italy, especially... Anyway, a lot of people go there to retire. They just mm. they just have an old population, yeah. but especially in Lombardy and the hospitals there, and the particular hospital that they kept showing on the news is bedlam every year. It's-, it's a breaking point every year, a little bit like in the previous episode when we were bringing out all the headlines same fear different year. It's the same story with this place every year. Yeah. Obviously it was worse. Oh yeah, I mean when it first Kicked off with a with a pandemic. Is it, but what the point I'm making is it's already under enormous strain and yeah. break. I mean point. this this if you want to take and a picture you. of it. Last year to the previous year to any year, it probably would still, be, be, chaos, still yeah. be chaos. There, there still be there still be a lot of elderly people in corridors complaining of respiratory illnesses, coughing, wheezing. It also increased actually young people as well because obviously the air is not good there. So it, it was known for sort of even people like more like to having asthma, you know, just because yeah, right, because the air is so bad. Yes, you know. So and of course, what what happened and this happened in China and I definitely know it happened in the UK and I'm assuming it also happened in Italy. They went mad with the testing. The answer is test, test, test. That's, that's what they were saying. Make, it, British. A case, make it a case demic. Yeah, right. Mm. And then move all the old people from the care homes who tested positive for COVID into the hospitals. What does that create? Chaos. Yeah. And so it's course, like you're moving them from somewhere that really they don't need to be moved from. Where they were probably very safe as well. Yeah. Into a hospital suddenly clogging up the whole hospital... Where they can't get on a bed, where they can't go to toilet, yeah. where they can dehydrate, where they won't get looked after with 24 hour under the care that they would in the care home. Plus they're panicked and been told, I've got this killer and virus. It, and it's like trolleys rattling and stuff. <laughs> and you start to wonder why people are dying. <laughs> well, and then, of course, I'm, like, I'm sure it was the same deal as it was in England as well, where people were getting put on ventilators when they shouldn't have been. Mm, yeah. They were... I mean, I'm not sure if it's the same in Italy, but I know in America, they were giving people remdesivir. In the UK, they were giving people midazolam, which we'll get on to in the next episode when we come to you, Hancock. Oh, yeah. The blade has been sharpened. But um, I'm sure it's the same case everywhere. And suddenly you had this hospital in Lombardy, which is the only war zone hospital I think anyone has ever seen, because this hospital was actually shown over here in the UK, look at the inside of this hospital, and it was bad. Yeah, it didn't look great. But what's been interesting is they've never shown you the inside of a war zone hospital anywhere else, including our own country. We've been told they're war zone hospitals, but they've never shown us any clips of them. Well... We have but they the, show us this one of Italy. Well, I think we have to give props to the guy in Germany, don't we? We have to put that in about like the guy who wanted to prove that the German hospital wasn't a war zone. Like you yeah. said before, he ran around. It. He was a journalist, and and there was nothing inside. Yeah. So and he was literally like it's all a lie, running around We're, until he got wrestled down by security zone! We we'll put a link to that in the um, in the full description if it's still even it's available. Online. If it's available, yeah. But these, these war zone hospitals, I mean, you know, when the media is in the business of scaring the shit out of people, they would show it to you. Yeah, and they, and they know... They're what, not going to hold back. And they know what to use. Like I said, we use a Lombardi hospital that's heavily overrun. Although it just blasting us with it. I mean, I've got a, um extract from a, a British newspaper that came out at the time that this hit Italy. And just the way that they are ramping up the fear is... Absolutely outrageous. He says, This tsunami has overwhelmed us. Doctors reveal the horrors of Italian hospitals where coronavirus war has exploded and dying patients have to be left untreated as medics work day and night, while experts warn UK and US public are not scared enough. (laughs) Wow. I mean, the use of the word scared. I mean, they could have said anything. Like experts warn UK and US public are not prepared enough, but the fact that you're scared enough. Like when does scaring, like being scared ever actually help you? Never. In life. I just love the use of experts as well in that sentence. Experts warn UK and US public are not scared I enough. Think, I think experts, along with the word racist, is probably the most grossly overused word of this yeah, generation. And I, I love how like ambiguous it always is as well. Like expert, you just think, well, that could be... What What qualifies as an expert and who is this expert and yeah. what is their expertise in exactly yeah. they, they, to be commenting on this? Well, they never come up on a video and present themselves, give their whole medical history background. was just, just expert. It's just expert. Who? He's just a, one, one of our buffings. <laughs> one you of our experts. You don't need to know his name. He, he's got glasses, <laughs> he's about five foot seven, he's never had sex. You yes. get the idea. I mean, what kind of expert would that be? Like someone, someone saying, well, in my expert opinion, I don't think people are scared enough. What they're an expert in fear. (laughs) (laughs) They basically work for the newspaper. (laughs) I'm an expert in spreading fear, so... We take them down onto the terror floor. What's down there? All the experts in terror. (laughs) They really know how to get to the public. Joking aside, it probably... That that expert is probably someone that works in behavioural psychology. Which you said a a lot of them do. Yeah, like a lot of the people on the news, even when it says health expert... You look at their background, and they're actually an expert in psychology, or more specifically, behavioral psychology, or work for the behavioral sciences institution, yeah. which basically is behind every. Part of this, it's all social engineering, everything from the mask to the social distancing to all the rules and and how the rules are conveyed to people. They're the experts that it comes to. It's not health experts. It's people that are experts in, they would say how to convey a message to the public and get them on board with our agenda. But really, it's how to manipulate people. That's what they're experts in. A damn good job of it as well. If you think about it, yeah, their, I mean, their, hat, hats off to them, they are yeah. experts. I mean, the, the reaction was brilliant, right? yeah. I gotta say, so the bullet points on this article it says, uh, An intensive care doctor in northern Italy has described the scale of the crisis. The medic said colleagues were becoming sick and emotionally overwhelmed. They also issued a warning for the UK that the Italian chaos could come to Britain. Oh, no. Experts have warned that UK outbreak may be around two weeks behind Italy's. Like it's got, like the virus has got a calendar. Yeah, yeah. Coronavirus is sitting there. They're just preparing people for it. Like the whole thing is like, look... Experts are saying it could come here. Well, when? Well, in about two weeks. Two weeks? I mean, exactly. To the exact 14th day, really. And the same experts are warned that you're not scared enough. So are you scared enough now? Well, I'm getting there. Good. What, what's that going to do? Well, It will help you. <laughs> they put one Italian medic warned the public may be underestimating the disaster. And then it ends with, what What symptoms should I look out for? And, of course, the symptoms are exactly the same as a uh, cold or the flu. <laughs> if someone can name me a, a single symptom that isn't the same there, then, well, I haven't heard it yet. And, and if someone's like, oh, you can lose your sense of taste and smell, you can lose that with a cold or the flu. I've had a cold before yeah, but where can, I've lost my sense of taste and Yeah, but and you stuff. can get quite a bad cough pretty bad cost for colds. You're right. Yeah, but you can get a flu with, like, a temperature, that possibly could be the flu. The main one that people say is your your loss of taste and smell. But I've had a cold before where I've been eating a hot curry, like a madras or a vindaloo curry, and been like, I can't even taste this. I, I, I didn't even taste spicy. But someone in the COVID era would be like, oh, my God, I've lost my taste of taste and smell. Yeah. Wake up in the morning, you were cooking bacon, I couldn't even tell. <laughs> like, it's it's And it's psychosomatic as well. Like, it's going to be made worse by the fact that they've told you that. By the fact that they've planted that seed of this can make you completely lose your sense of taste and smell. When that does naturally happen because you're bummed up and you're full of phlegm and you can't really taste or smell anything, it's going to become worse. It's going to have that placebo or nocebo effect on you. We said this is the worst thing that's going to happen is every time you get a cold now, you think, oh God, it's not COVID. Well, it could just be a cold, mate. Yeah, And right. it, it probably Better is. Better run out and get tested when I mean, we get onto the test for, further down is, the line. It, but it, the it, test it. is absolute bollocks. I mean, and don't take my word for it. The, the guy, th- the guy invented, the it, so. invented the test said that it should never, ever be used to diagnose an infectious agent or disease. Kerry Mullis, look him up. Yeah. Rest in peace. But yeah, we're, we're, we'll get on to uh, Mullis further down the line in another episode. But it's all based off a test that does absolutely fuck all to test for COVID-19. This test has been around a lot longer than COVID-19. Yeah. There was a big outcry from the inventor, Kerry Mullis, when it was being used in the 80s to diagnose people that they believed to have HIV and AIDS. He was saying, you're misusing this test. It's meant to pick up genetic material. It's not meant to diagnose people that have got a disease. Well, what he said then still stands now. So he would be up in arms if he was around now. You're misusing my test. This is completely wrong. And he's the inventor. So anyone that says, well, I think the test does work. It's like what you think you know better than the inventor of the test. So the only problem is we have with that is because he's not alive. Um, We don't actually have his... You know what? Even if he was, I don't think it would make a difference because you look at what's happening with Robert Malone. He's the inventor of the RNA technology, and he's now full whistleblower, denouncing this, saying we shouldn't be testing this on the population. We should halt this immediately. He was banned off Twitter for a while. No one's listening to him, even though he's the inventor of the technology that's in the VAX. So I think if Kerry Mullis was alive, it would probably be the same thing. Probably right. They can demonise or silence or censor or cancel, as they love to say now, anyone. It doesn't even matter if it's like, well, hang on a minute, this is the guy that invented it. He's an anti-maxer. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, what you're dealing with. But it's still all right for the Pope to get up and tell everyone from his institution to have the vaccine, isn't it? Well, it's kind of weird that, isn't it, how people trust him? Yeah, right. You know yeah. what I mean? a guy that's a bit like Bill Gates, got no medical background or no medical qualifications whatsoever. You've probably got more reason to distrust his organisation yeah. than anything. Yes, yeah, so the Pope's recently come out and said in an interview, he's said, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm vaccinated as well as most of the Vatican, except for a few deniers. And one of them is seriously ill in hospital. This is a video, you can watch it. Can't watch this. Again, looking at the language of it oh no, I'm vaccinated and most of the Vatican are and they're on board but there's a few deniers and one of them's seriously ill in hospital. So it's like, so what? that tells you everything you need to know. Like these people and deniers as well. we have so little from that, don't we? Like the fact that them is, one of them is seriously ill in hospital. Okay, Who? What, Father McGuinness? Like, which one? <laughs> I, I want his fucking name. I want to know what yeah, hospital is right. he in. Is oh. it COVID-related? Oh, is, is he... How old is... Or is he, he a is? dinosaur? Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's 96, this, <laughs> this priest. And he's got terminal cancer. Oh, and he's ill in hospital. Right. Calling them deniers from the Pope as well, it's, like, pretty close to calling them, like, sinners or... He's... You know what I mean? Like, like the unclean. It just reminds yes. you of, like, Holocaust deniers... They're COVID deniers. Also as well, what are they denying exactly? Because, okay, say they might they might just be against vaccines or they might just be against this new... Because they're not really vaccines, are they? So they might be against this new RNA technology, think it's against God. or I, I, I'd be surprised if any of them were denying the existence of COVID. Calling them deniers is so loaded Was- because it's sort of saying they're denying like it even exists. Another thing that the Pope is bang on, just like the rest of them, like the Queen and Prince Charles and the Biden, and we're not going to stop calling him the Biden no, from now it's on. always the that's Biden, it. that's it. Yeah, similar to all of them, like the Pope is a mouthpiece for climate change as well, and the whole climate change agenda. Yeah, he's been quite outspoken on this one, hasn't As well as the COVID agenda, which if you notice are merging more and more. These two agendas are slowly becoming like the same thing. There's now meetings, world leaders are going to discuss the, the pandemic and climate change and stuff but It's like, oh yeah, just lumped in with it. Like, it's the same agenda. And they're using this just to push this whole build back better, the great reset idea that is completely intertwined with not just COVID, but climate change. Here's an extract from one of the Pope's recent meetings on both COVID and climate change. At the same meeting. Yeah, so he, he he joined the global elite in this planning for the world after COVID meeting. And Pope Francis and leading Vatican officials were there with many of the world's you know financial elite and talking to them about how to reshape the world after the COVID pandemic. And there was even a quote like, dreaming of a better restart. But it's also like reset. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just the same bloody thing. Which is Pope Francis now being a mouthpiece for it, well, it's just saying the same crap that Klaus Schwab is saying, oh, but like in a different kind of tongue. Well, that's what I was gonna say. It's like another mouthpiece. It doesn't matter whether he's a technocrat, a uh, world yeah, right. leader, billionaire. Billionaire. What's his use? Ah. Oh. He's the Pope. He can rope rope in in all the religious people, people, all the Catholics. Especially the ones that wouldn't dare question the Christians. Christians. Ones that wouldn't dare question him. If you were a true devout Catholic. The word of God. Yeah. I mean, that's really, when we're talking about the relevance of it starting in Italy, obviously Lombardy, because it was a very polluted place, like we've said. So it's almost like the Wuhan of Europe. But I'm sure there's other polluted cities in Europe. The fact that it's Italy. That's where the Pope is. That's where the Vatican is. Like, And the Pope, we can see, is, is just a mouthpiece for anything. The climate change agenda, the COVID agenda, like, you name it, he's he's going to push it. Yes. Yeah, so let me just read some of the stuff from this meeting. So it says Pope Francis, like many other leaders, has stressed that the situation he's talking about, the pandemic and climate change, demands a new beginning of solidarity and fraternity in the global economy and political configuration extensive changes in international policy and financial architecture are required to address inequality and comprehensive plans to combat climate change and the transformation of the food system how how eloquently put doesn't it just (laughs) remind you straight away of just the Klaus Schwab, great reset rhetoric that you're hearing. It's the same reel, almost like he's read off, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, call it dreaming of a better restart, not reset. That'd be too obvious. This bit at the end, the transformation of the food system. It's like, what's Bill Gates doing at the moment? Buying up all the private farmland in America. Yeah. And similar rhetoric coming from Gates about, we're going to have to change the way we consume food. We said it before in the previous episode. Eating synthetic meat about, now. Yeah, and yeah, meat fine. might be a treat in the future or something that we just go without. So, well, not me, but... I mean, and if we know he's saying that, and now the Pope's saying transformation of food, who do you think Pope is thinking of or talking about when he's talking about transformation of food? He's talking about what Bill Gates... Yeah. ...has got for you. Well, these are the people that, you know, like the financial elites of the world. These are the people that we're talking about. So, to me, I'm sorry whatever your religious faith is in terms of how you judge the Pope, but this guy just looks like he's a mouthpiece for a technocratic billionaire. It says here, members of the US Biden administration, the Biden... The Biden. ...gave prominent speeches and prominent population control advocate... And supporter of the Chinese president led the group discussion that followed. <laughs> Brilliant. Population control advocate and supporter of the Chinese Communist Party president. How do you pronounce this name, Jing- uh, uh, Xi, uh, Xi Jinping? Xi Jinping, the Kingpin. Yeah. Xi Jinping, the King. There was also Rockefeller Foundation president there. I mean, it's just the same names, isn't it? How many times have we mentioned the Rockefellers? In the previous one, when uh, the previous episode where we were talking about gates. And it's like, these are the people that Pope Francis is having the meetings with when he's then going out to the masses and saying, oh, we need to do this, we need to do that. It's like, well, look who you've been speaking to. Yeah. Once again, someone who's probably got one of the most powerful positions within the world was not taking a stance himself. He was just allowing himself to go along with whatever... Was told to him, and he would say it back. Who's to say? We're like saying, "Oh, they're telling him." I mean, this might be one of the epicenters of power. The Vatican, maybe not even the Pope. I know people talk about this like a dark Pope, and but, there's a there's a whole kind of uh, Freemasonic structure within the Catholic Church, and there's you know unknown people that are higher than the Pope yeah here they, that you they, don't see. But they've got their own pyramid, haven't they? Yeah. He, well, it's it's very hard to say, isn't it? But it's like I think we're safe to say that. The Vatican, that holds enormous power. So does the Pope. We've already talked about how people address him and act around him. I think they're all working together, really. But yeah he, he he also had John Kerry who's like the US presidential envoy for, for climate change and they like spoke about climate change and getting it getting it down to net zero this this whole thing which is yeah I remember as mental yeah. as like we want to get the cases the COVID cases down to zero what is this obsession with getting things down to zero it's like getting anything down to zero is mad like we want deaths on the motorway down to zero or something. you just think well let's try and reduce them but that's mental. And until we do, no one can get in a car. I want to remove so much down to zero. Had it not occurred to anyone that you want to reduce nothing but life down to zero? Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> net zero. <laughs> That's what it really means. You'll have like, nothing, but you'll be happier. And then before COP26, that the Pope was supposed to go to, but he he didn't. A like, bit bit like the Queen, he bowed out of that one. Mm. She didn't go to Barbados, he kind of skipped well, on COP, COP26. Well, at least he didn't do a Biden and shit himself. Oh God, that was at the Vatican, wasn't it? Oh God, I mean, I know that was just a rumor, but But it didn't help the fact that shortly after that, didn't he have to have? Didn't Biden have to have operation or something? Yeah, we'll leave it up to you guys. Yeah, so so the Pope put out a special message because he couldn't make it to COP twenty six, urging world leaders that a radical action needed to be taken for for climate change. And he said, "I'll let you do the accent." <laughs> we need to rethink the future of our world. <laughs> In my best Italian accent, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's more just like class Schwab, rethink, reset. They're using. COVID and climate change, weirdly, as just an excuse to just press the reset button. Yeah. Like you said here, like climate change and the COVID-19 pandemic have exposed our deep vulnerability and raised numerous doubts and concerns about our economic systems and the way we organise our societies. We have lost our sense of security and are experiencing a sense of powerlessness and loss of control over our lives. We find ourselves increasingly frail and even fearful. It's like... Isn't the Pope supposed to give messages of hope? (laughs) I know. In fact, it it sounds just like a time magazine cover we've read read off. Yeah, right. That doesn't sound... Or for something that's got, like, nearly a 99% recovery rate in most people. It's like the flu. If anything. It's not like the flu. It it, is the flu. Yeah. It's weird. What else do you put here? These cries (laughs) present us with the need to take decisions, radical decisions, that are not always easy. I always go back to Klaus Schwab. (laughs) But at the same time, moments of difficulty like this also present opportunities, opportunities that we must not waste. Ah. And that's this whole thing, isn't it? It's like, look, this is happening, and this is a great opportunity. Like, we we should see the pandemic as a blessing. I know. it's almost like, how can we use this to our advantage? Yeah. And, like, you didn't know this was coming. No, no. no, The whole pandemic is just a vehicle to bring in the Great Reset, but they're just presenting the great, Great Reset as... Oh, well, we, this is just something we've just thought of, yeah. even though you can look up this is something that they've been talking about in one way or another for a very fucking long time. I mean, as, they're as recent, presenting it as, a, as an answer to something that's just happened. Almost as recent as even as weeks, like we said in the previous episode before it, like with 201. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. So, Paul yeah. Schwab's written a book called The Great Reset oh, we broke that quick. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's been t- talking about the Great Reset and the Fourth Industrial Revolution for years. Everything that's happening is just a vehicle for that. That's it. That is literally it. Yeah, and the Pope is obviously fully fucking on board with that. And the fact that you see so you've got the rhetoric coming from Davos and the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab, and then the spew that's coming out of the pope and it's just the same thing i'm, I'm surprised the pope didn't say we need to build back better <laughs> you, you can look up actually on you um youtube we we'll have to try and find find the link to add all, all the clips of different people saying the great reset and build back better and it's boris johnson it's biden it's greta thunberg it's all of them. They've all said it at one time yeah, or another. Both. It's Tony Blair. They're, they're reading off the same script. Look it up. They're reading off the same bloody script, the same cue cards that they right write, say this. In, in a way, it's embarrassing because... Yeah. As a free thinker, you look at all this, and guys, you've been spoon-fed the same stuff. And no one's deviating they're yet. Even using the same phrases and like... Catch calls or whatever. Like, probably, the, like, same bloody slogans, we're, spewing we're, out we're, the same slogans. It would, it, would get, it would get so grotesque to the point they'd use the same jokes and they would always tell the joke fucking wrong. Well, when the Pope's saying the same thing as Klaus Schwab, you know that we're in trouble. Hell yes. So we were talking about the kind of headlines that were in the British papers when it was all kicking off in Italy, telling us about the horrors of the Italian war zone hospitals and them being overwhelmed and chaos and all the rest of it. But actually, since then, the Italian authorities have come out (laughs) and they said that they found no clear COVID-19 cause of death in 88% of deaths attributed to coronavirus. What? What? So all that scaremongering at the time, they're now saying 88% of them deaths, we, well, we found no clear evidence, as in they had nothing to do with COVID. 88%. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And their and their health minister, so their equivalent of Fauci or Chris Whitty, a guy called, what's his name there? Walter, Walter Richard <laughs> said, the way in which we code deaths in our country is... Very generous, <laughs> in the sense that all the people who die in hospitals with COVID are deemed to be dying of COVID. On re-evaluation <laughs> by the National Institute of Health, only 12% of death certificates have shown a direct casualty from COVID. Wow. It's just like, if you add that together with all the death certificates that were marked down as COVID, that weren't really COVID... The COVID, Yeah. And all the DNRs that we were talking about last time. Yeah. It, it. It. It's yeah. like it doesn't take when you're saying oh, only twelve percent of that, or it doesn't take much to for that to get to zero. No. From there. When no, you're taking, taking all these other things into account. It's, I mean twelve percent, a lot closer to zero percent than a hundred percent. Or like when they're saying like eighty eight percent of the deaths attributed to COVID, there wasn't any e- evidence for that. Eighty eight percent. It's like That's huge. That's massive. That was Basically, less... if they'd have told the truth, they wouldn't have scared the rest of the world that then followed <laughs> with, not, I mean, China set. set The blueprint, but it was certainly Italy that brought it to life for the rest of, like, the Western world. And then, like, why hasn't this been... I mean, we know why this wouldn't be the front pages of the newspapers, whatever, but, you know, it's it's pretty important information to now look back on and go, right, okay, so they made all that fuss, but actually now it's come out that hardly any of them deaths were from COVID. And like we said, when they moved all the people from the care homes into hospitals that were already overstretched, full of people... You can suddenly see how a crisis was manufactured um, and the first wave was manufactured very easily, really. You could ask your audience this. What would happen if they came out with that statement from Chris Whitty and the British Health Department? What if we came out and we said this? How do you think the British public would react to that? Oh, sorry. It depends how under the radar it was. I mean, there has been massive protests in Italy, violent protests as well, but huge peaceful ones like there has been here. And I've also seen people in Rome protesting and even like there was this great um, clip I saw of this vicar who's holding oh, a big placard yeah. and it's, it's got a picture of Bill Gates. And I think it says uh, Gates of hell, it's 666. So yeah. It's pretty full on. None of that is being shown on British mainstream mm-hmm. media. People watching just the BBC or whatever, they would have no idea that hundreds of thousands of people are protesting, not just in Italy, but all over Europe, all over the world. It's just not being covered. They're not talking about it Mm. at all. So when we get statements like this one from the Italian health authorities, it's not surprising that it doesn't reach anyone. Yeah, they're just not talking about it at all. Similar to the theatre of all the cranes that we were talking about in China building the emergency hospital, you you then look at the outbreak in Lombardy in a different kind of way. It's really just another piece of theatre. How can we bring this to life for the rest of Europe, for the rest of the world? We pick a town similar to Wuhan, lots of toxic air, lots of old people, and we're going to show scenes of that hospital yeah, they even showed military trucks carrying the bodies of supposed COVID-19 patients. Yeah. Did you ever see this? Yeah, I did, yeah. He's like, they're carrying them out in trucks. But then it, it turned out afterwards that, oh, this picture was actually taken in Paris, and the trucks were not related to COVID-19. This was something that happened at a different time in Paris. And you can tell because there's a, a pharmacy in the background and it says like the the french spelling of pharmacy, pharmacy right Yeah. and not the italian way like <laughs> <laughs> you know and then obviously it's pulled or whatever but it doesn't matter it doesn't matter. It's just like... like it's them, been, it's then, really gone out and had its effect now. Yeah, yeah. Just like the um, emergency hospital that was never really used or whatever, it served its purpose at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't matter that, you know, the clip with the military trucks was actually taken from a different time and it wasn't even in Italy, it was in France, nothing to do with COVID. That doesn't matter. We've shown it to people, we've shot people. It doesn't matter that the hospital we're showing them in Lombardy is always chaos and we've flooded the hospital full of care home patients that shouldn't be there. and No, it, it, we've, we've chosen this for your, for its purpose yes. and design. You know? And it doesn't matter that months and months later, like we just said, it comes out that oh, actually 88% of the, the deaths, they shouldn't have been attributed to COVID-19. Well, that all comes out later, but that just comes out in a whimper. All that matters is at the time, chaos in Italy, Lombardy, war zone hospital. Yeah. And then what that basically did was that imprinted something in people's brains so that every time after that they said war zone hospitals, that's what they thought of. But they never showed them. No. They never showed them. In, in fact, CBS News in America got in trouble for showing a hospital that they said was in New York City, but was actually Lombard. it was that Lombardy clip. And it's like someone at home or whatever has obviously spotted that or, you know, like what what, what gave it away? Like the plug sockets? The European plug sockets. <laughs> you know, like the signage, like the other clip. Maybe it was the pizza being passed <laughs> around amongst the nurses, I don't know. Yeah, all the hospital food was like pasta-based. <laughs> there was a lot of medical staff with uh, beards and mustaches. Yeah, but that's not that unusual. No, the women too. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) Oh, that's Italy. (laughs) So there was some other footage that was shared on the BBC and it showed, like, Italian army trucks moving coffins in Lombardy. And there was, like, 70 coffins. Like, they had to take the bodies elsewhere, basically, because apparently the cemeteries and the crematoriums just couldn't cope. Yeah. But a little bit like when we were saying in China, like, the people collapsed on the floor, like... When has that happened elsewhere in the world? Like no. when has that happened in we the have, UK? We haven't seen it. I haven't seen that in the UK. No. In fact, I've I've heard numerous funeral directors, like people that go on the Gareth Ike show, that are saying during the first year of the pandemic we'd never been so quiet. No. They tell a different story since the rollout of the vaccine, but that's not what, what we're focusing on now. But yeah, in in terms of the period of the pandemic, where it was supposed to be, like, really, really bad. Good, the, the figures... They were less busy than ever. The figures that we were being fed through the media was actually showing, like, it was a real pandemic. Like, there were yeah, a lot of But it was with, just, like we said before, cases. Cases. It was just yeah. flu, re-band, flu rebranded and a case damage And there was actually a, a kind of viral... Like, it went viral on the internet, this kind of initiative, like... People saying, right, come on, we've got to, everyone, write to your local funeral directors or crematoriums, you know, and through the Freedom of Information Act, you can actually legally ask for your, you know, the number of funerals and burials and cremations. And people were doing this and uploading the information almost like so we could put it into a collective data bank between us, like, right, Leeds is saying this, Birmingham saying this, Manchester saying this, and even small towns and provinces and stuff. And they were all like either the same or less deaths than usual. Every single one from every single town. Yeah. And the fact that people were having to do this, you know what I mean? Like that's quite a, it's quite an amazing thing for people to kind of get going. Like, right, everyone through the Freedom of Information Act, like let's all do this and share the data. It's like, that's quite impressive and ingenious for people to do that. But why should, why that should be on the news? Well, well, why are they having to do that? Because say, they're not being told. Yeah. And, and they're obviously suspicious enough to to do that en masse. You would expect that it should be the same. If Italy had such an impact like it did, even though in we would argue on a podcast... Well, at least or somewhere in the UK. Or even in, like, when your neighbours, like France or Germany... Yeah. I don't see this sort of stuff coming yeah, out. out. Yeah, you know, like people throwing bodies into pits and, oh, my God, they're having to bury people in plastic coffins and, mm-hmm. and like, more, like, mass graves or well, the, that, the, the kind of stuff you would expect well, to see, it's really, the same, it's in, the, it's the same, in a deadly pandemic. It's the same crud that Boris was coming out with. That's why leaving the bodies in the street, there'll be bodies piled up in the streets. Or the classic Biden speech where he was saying he was addressing the nation and saying, Many of you all have a loved one that's not there at the dinner table. Exactly the same. And he was like, What? What are you talking about? Like making out that you know, most people at home watching are like looking at an empty chair, like I wish she was here to see this. <laughs> oh Biden. She <laughs> would loved this speech. Yeah, and, and and it just never happened, did it? It was like this wave was going to come. Oh, it's not bad now, but it, it's going to be bad. They yeah, said, we've only got to wait till... Two weeks. Till, yeah, no. and it was just, it was like everything, wasn't it? Three weeks to flatten the curve. And and as they moved the goalposts with that, they also moved the goalposts with the fear like, look, it's not here yet, but it's coming. It's going to come. Seriously, honestly, it's going to come. Oh, now there's a new variant. Oh, that's going to be really bad. Always oh, turned out to be not that bad. Or, but, oh, but now there's another one. It, that, that's why they had to keep launching the new variants because if it was like a graph, you get like this big spike in fear and then over time, nothing really changes and then people realise, oh, it's not actually something to be that kind of afraid of. Stuff eases and then, boom, they launch a new variant and it happens again. It's just a cycle, a cycle of fear. If there's that much of a difference you can see between England and Italy... In Disposed News broadcasts, well, just look at like what the ABC did. I mean, I know they're a news channel for Americans. We don't really listen to American news, but still, they made a similar mistake last uh, autumn. ABC. A- so a- we like to keep it simple. ABC. That's, that's all we can <laughs> think of. <laughs> ABC. Easiest one, two, three. If we can it's remember strap that.
1: Line.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like for toddlers. Your news is for toddlers. <laughs> yeah, well, the, but the, they, the logo is just building blocks. Yeah. Okay. It, it, well, actually, the, the logo is very basic as well, isn't it? It's like a pretty... I can't picture it, actually. It's really. got the, like, the little curvy bits in it. Like a child could draw it. Yeah, right. Okay. I'm There's you see. so many American news channels. I'm always shocked by it's like It feels like every time I see a news clip or whatever, it's like a different channel, different people. We're like. not surprised. I mean, like, surprised. They, they get so much rubbish front of them. But they had this footage of the Kentucky gun range, range where they were falsely claiming it depicted a fierce battle between Syrian Kurds and Turkish forces. <laughs> right. But it was a gun range. Yeah, <laughs> in Kentucky. In Kentucky. This is footage that they use. So, so, so they uh, were. So it, they were saying it was like a battlefield a battle video, like, how, but, and in fact, it was just like a a, a gun demonstration. You have to wonder wh- where did the mistake. Occur. Did the guy who had to get the footage go, fucking, hell, I just can't find any footage of any Kurds and Turks shooting each other? I'm just gonna go with this thing I found in Kentucky with a couple of Americans running well around with M16 shooting them. This is brilliant yeah. as well. It's a, a <laughs> night gun demonstration at the Knob Creek gun range in Kentucky. <laughs> it doesn't get any better than that, really. And, and there's new and there's numerous examples of this. We, 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 where they're just using footage that's like, it, it, it's not even slightly linked. No. It's just, well, this looks like a gunfight or this could be a war zone hospital in New York, right? I mean, hospital's a hospital. Exactly. It's like the front of these people. And the reason that they're doing it is because simply they know they can get away with it. And this is the point. Even if they don't, like now, the stuff we're saying, it, it's not, this has been exposed and they've they've apologised for it. Oh, we, we apologise, we used that click, it was a mistake. No, it wasn't a mistake, you, you did it on purpose yeah. to manipulate people. But what's the price? What's the price that they pay for? Nothing. Nothing. nothing no. It's not like they get taken off air. Like, right, you've lost your broadcasting licence now. Now yeah. you've been found out for that. That's this. what should yeah. happen. Yeah. But there are no repercussions from doing it. So why wouldn't they just continue to do it? Mm-hmm. Knowing that they would use an Italian hospital in Lombardy, and say it was in New York City. I mean, I'm laughing because it's just so ridiculous. But it is shocking. Examples like this should just make people just not trust anything they see on on the news. Like they they have to okay watch it, note down what you've heard, and then go and look into it. Go go and research I, it I know, because you cannot trust it. I know people out there would say, "So what? Who are we meant to trust? What, where do you get your news from? Yourself? Look at what they're telling you. So they've lied about this before." They didn't correct themselves even at the time. They chose to air that footage anyway. So Anything that seems fishy to you, you have got you have a duty now, in the age of information, where you're able to do it, to look into it and get to the truth. Yeah, question things. There's no yeah. harm in it, everyone. Correct. No, it, that's the point as well. It's like suddenly it's become like a crime. It's almost like Orwell, like thought crime, like being a a question in person, not trusting mainstream media that has been caught out so many times, you know... And countless we, stuff. We don't... Yeah, like the phone hacking scandal. or all like think? covering up Jimmy Savile, the prolific... Pe- or not prolific, doesn't do the man justice. <laughs> Britain's most prolific ever paedophile. I mean, yeah. we're talking about thousands of victims. There's been plenty of news corporations that have steadied evil hands under the covers and allow them to get away with things and yet we still trust them. These are the same news corporations that lie to you about Saddam's weapons of mass destruction. Yeah, guy they lie did, constantly did. and get caught out for it. It's nothing wrong. There's nothing yeah. wrong in this day and age to say we've, we've caught you out before. You've you've even admitted you've lied before. Yeah. And so what's the harm in me now to actually look into what and you're showing? And it's exactly me? the same with Big Pharma as well. It's like Sorry, like people are like, oh, trust the science. Why are you questioning the science? I'm, it's, not the, it's not science I'm questioning. I'm questioning big pharma. And if you look at the history of big pharma, you, you would know why. Hmm. These people have spent untold amounts of billions of pounds on compensation for the awful life-ending effects of their vaccines and their products. I mean, it was Johnson Johnson just before all this happened that got in all the trouble because their talcum powder was found to have like cancer-causing agents in it. That people are giving to their, their babies. Oh, hang on, is it the same Johnson Johnson that are making a fake vaccine? Yeah. So it's like, if you oh, can't can trust man. them with talcum powder, <laughs> not giving you cancer, how are you going to trust them with a supposed vaccine? Oh, just the not. same as mainstream media, Big Pharma has got a really terrible, corrupt history, and doctors and scientists can be paid off just as easily as politicians and everyone else. People think, oh, they wouldn't do that because it's it's health. That's like, oh, it's beyond their morals. They wouldn't do that. they yeah. They're, it's like the WHO and Bill yeah. Bill Gates. No, they wouldn't do it when it no. comes to health. It's like, yeah, they would. They do it when it comes to war, killing like millions there. Yeah. So what you don't think they're gonna knowingly invest in something or back something oh that they know is gonna kill loads of people, but what, the money's good. They do it with war. So why are they not gonna do it in medicine? We're talking about the same corrupt people, or at least the same corrupt consciousness driving the people as anything else. Just because it's about health, it's the same as like religion, Catholic, just as corruptible. It's the same. You know, there's plenty of Catholic people probably in Italy when this kicked off that did not follow the Pope's narrative. There are probably plenty of Italians who are very devout Catholics who did not want to yeah. go along with the Pope well, and his preaching of the, this, we need to get this vaccine. You would probably be ashamed to even be a believer in the Pope and a Catholic, but to be called by him a denier. You'd be like, that's, that's, that's harmful towards me, considering yeah. where, my, where my faith does lay. So that could have been a major reason as well for them deciding to kind of strike first in the religious heart of Europe, because knowing what the agenda was moving forward, they would have known actually many religious people of all types of faith, but Christians too, they're going to be against this vax agenda because religious people are going to believe that, especially the RNA stuff, the gene therapy, it's against God's creation. You're messing with God's creation there. You're messing with something sacred. And I would tend to agree with them. I only know this just through pop culture, but I know Jewish people don't get tattoos because I don't think they're allowed to be buried in a cemetery if they get a tattoo. It's believed in to be like... Yeah, maybe like like Orthodox Orthodox Jews believe that the body is so sacred. sacred. Yeah, that you shouldn't tattoo it or harm it. You know, that's just an example. Do you look at how many religious people and Christians are against abortion, for example? That example, yeah. No, they knew that this was going to get major pushback from religious people and from Christians... I feel like they're more likely to be like, well, what exactly is this? And what exactly does it do? You know, as soon as they hear words like gene therapy, therapy or and- RNA affecting DNA and this and that. Because and that, I did think straight away, like, I don't like the sound of that. It's like, I don't even like eating GM foods. You know what I mean? Yeah, so why would I want to so have? Why would I want to be like a GM human, like a genetically modified human? Because that's what it is. They're genetically modifying you. Yeah. It's like, why would you want that? Like, it does feel like that's, that is against God's creation and you're messing with Evil, something sacred know, and divine. I've, I've got tattoos, but that's a bit different. That's you. on the it's, outside. That's on the outside. Yeah. And I don't know much about DNA, but I know it pretty much makes you who you are. You, you are, yeah. All your chromosomes that all yeah. add up. Yeah, and if you start t- taking bits of those chromosomes out and putting things in, in place, what are you doing to yourself as a human? And really, like, say the story of Adam and Eve where you've got, there's even drawings of like the sort of snake, like the double helix. Oh, like the helix a lot of people yeah, think yeah. it was like the gift of consciousness and really DNA, that's what we're talking about. So they said for a long time, oh, RNA doesn't affect DNA, but now lots of people are saying effect. that it does that's, and it might you know. So, yeah, when you're messing with DNA, the, the strand of life, you, are, you really are then meddling with God's creation yeah, right, right for the, 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 most base, the most base level as well, right right at the source before even birth. That's, right at the, that's the what building I mean, block yeah. level, yeah. And the kind of arrogance of it as well, like, to think that you can do better than God. It's Mark fucking Zuckerberg all again from his metaverse, Yeah. It? We're going to make a few adjustments here. We're going to make reality a little bit better. Improvements. We're going to make God's creation humans better. Yeah. The arrogance of ignorance. To think that they could do that, do that. and there's always repercussions from like meddling with nature, every time we meddle with nature, bad stuff happens and then suddenly they're like we want to put all this genetic modifying shite in everyone's body, like what do they think is going to happen well we had the same thing with the women who took the um I forget what it was in the 80s in, in England and a lot of the children were born with... Thalidomide. thalidomide. that was it and horrific, children... I mean if anyone hasn't seen that Look it up. I mean, Kids being born with like, not being harsh, but T Rex arms. Yeah, like just serious, tiny little. Serious deformities. Yeah, and they were they were encouraged. And legs to, like that. So they were encouraged to take that. And sometimes it can take years. That's the whole point. There's been no long term studies done. How many people have you heard? Well, I've had it and I'm fine. That's like smoking a pack of cigarettes and being like give your lung cancer, I smoked a pack and I'm fine. So yeah, keep on smoking a pack a day and see see where you are. Yeah, and like people are dying on the spot from having these. And lots of people are having really bad adverse reactions off the bat. So you can only imagine what the mid to long term effects are. If that's happening already in large numbers of people, what the hell is there to come for them people? They might end up dependent on the vaccines for the rest of their life. They might end up with a completely compromised immune system. They might end up not being able to have kids. They might end up well, we, dead. Well, we we use the whole expression. That it was a lottery, like like I spinning the wheel of fortune. There's nothing. Russian roulette. Some some could say that you, nothing might happen. You might even have more a, like Russian roulette. More like Russian roulette. We're not the, like winning the lottery. Wheel of fortune is kind <laughs> of like you get a prize at the end. Well, there was a doctor I was listening yeah. to recently saying, "Really, they're they're injecting like nano razor blades into you, and that's what's giving people the heart troubles and the blood clots and all the rest of it." But they're absolutely. Tiny nano size, so they wouldn't even show up in a petri dish, say, but they are in your body, in your bloodstream. Yeah, so it literally is like Russian roulette because if they injected it into someone in the wrong spot and one of these nano razor blades directly went into the vein, that's what could cause someone to die straight away. And he was also saying these things move faster and faster. So, say, for example, if you're a footballer or a lot of the sports stars have been dying. Oh, right, I see. And your blood's going quicker you and quicker. In your heart in you exercising and stuff. Yeah, then it can cause a fatal injury there. So... crazy, Interesting. And this guy apparently has been shot since putting up this video. Again, I'll put up a, a link to this, but yeah, pretty troubling that he was putting this information out. Yeah, quite interesting how a lot of religious people have sussed this. Like When we've been on the protest, there's been lots of... Religious people there. We've seen nuns there. That's true. We've seen people with like full-on religious banners. Do you remember, we went to that one, and there was like them huge banners of like Mother Mary and all this stuff. Yeah, there. yeah. And then I've seen this brilliant video of a of a nun in London. Do you remember the one where she was talking about similar to what we were talking about earlier with the with the funeral directors the nun was saying that during the period of what supposedly was the the pandemic in 2020, hardly anyone was coming to see her to grieve or to pray for loved ones that were dying or whatever else. But since the rollout of the vaccine, she said it's just been non-stop. Yeah, Yeah, she's had like this. So she had had exactly the same kind of story. But, yeah, there's a lot of people of of, of all kinds of religious faiths that seem to have sussed this agenda. I was sort of wondering why that is. I, I think, think there's a few reasons, but I feel like one of them is because that they've not forgotten that there's true evil in the world, and that's what we're dealing with here. That's a good point. You know what I mean? Like I feel like your average person sitting at home watching, like, "I'm a celebrity, get me out of here" or something. They're not. They're just thinking, "Oh, the world's a nice place," and well, it's like since maybe my government be... cares about me. Well, we lots have a lot. That's the end of that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's the end of the paedophilia. Uh, yeah. No, like they, they, they just kind of think, oh, you know, things are all right and uh, politicians lie and but they're not, they're like, religious people haven't forgotten that there's true evil in the world. They could face up to the reality of it a lot quicker because they could be like, okay, my heart's telling me that this isn't right what's happening. I don't trust the people behind it. I feel like there's there's evil behind this. Whereas I feel like your average person, that's that's a lot for them to kind of face up to because oh. they don't live in a world where this kind of pure evil exists. Oh, when it comes from a... They've forgotten it. They've oh. buried it. Like, oh, that's a load of nonsense. But it comes from a faith-based system, they recognise it almost quicker as well because, like you said, we live in this dawdling world now where we have like junk TV and junk food and a religious person will still pray, probably read scriptures... Uh, be thankful for everything they get, you know, in life. And if anything was to come in and try to take away their quality of life, they'd be the first to be like, "Whoa, what's what's going on?" It wouldn't just be willingly go along with it. Yeah, and they're always putting the brakes on stuff. Sometimes people think they go too far with their stances on things like abortion or gay marriage or whatever else. But you can tell that they're just. It doesn't always come from a bad place or a dark place. I believe that. I, I, although I think that the the Pope and the Vatican is very much corrupted, I don't think that of religious people. No, don't I think don't think that no, me neither. of people of faith. No, I think people of faith have got a lot to offer, a lot yeah. to give. And yeah. even some of their stances on the things that I just named, I think it's only because they're trying to sort of Hold on to certain virtues and values, and it's not coming from like an evil place. No, no. And when you start talking about something like gene therapy or all the rest of it, they are going to be the people that say, This is a step too far. Yeah. We shouldn't be doing this. Mm. This is against God's it, will. This is against God's creation. <sighs> this is against humanity. I would never trust that person more than, say, you would trust an expert. Like scientist but I would believe them when I've been on a march and they hold your hand and they tell you and you know it's coming from a good place and you're like I've got no reason to doubt this person yeah who's wiser I don't want to listen to an expert I want to listen to someone that's wise not that someone that's just reading a script and just following some agenda some bought and paid for expert that's actually an expert in manipulating people (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, <laughs> that works at the Behavioural Science Institute that if you talk to them about a possible afterlife or the existence of God, they were like, Don't be stupid. T- well, it's the same like you said about billionaires as well. Like, what would a, a man of God, uh just an average Catholic man with a normal job, what would he have in relation with Bill Gates or billionaires? Is he gonna trust what Bill Gates tells him, a technocratic billionaire. For him to trust Bill Gates and not trust his faith. Yeah, don't but- listen to your heart. Listen to me. I'm Big Farmer. I'm WHO. I've got the vaccine. Trust me. It's almost a bit like a rude thing, guys. Hang on, what you my god now? And what is Mark Zuckerberg doing when he's walking around the metaverse? He's acting like a god. He's presenting the, the metaverse like a like a false idol to worship. Well you can do anything or meet anyone. That sounds like something I've heard of. Heaven. It's almost like he's the new creator. He's taking the place of God. Oh, I've created a new reality. The metaverse it's even better. Mm. And they would look at that and go, who are you to present yourself in this way? Or someone like Bill Gates, who's like almost... We, we said when we were uh, talk, talking about his speech, like Gates Rises, like that <laughs> bit at the end where he was like, with new technology, we can start yes, a new can world. I can, yeah, yeah, I can save the world for everyone. Yeah, these people are like gods. They're really like demons. demons. But the, but they've got a god complex. Mm. They, they they think of themselves as gods and and the human species is something to manipulate and experiment on. That's that's These people uh, uh, are You just know the religious viewing man he sees those people straight up for what they are. He sees through them. Sees yes, through them, right yeah. through them. I think they think that their heart's more, uh, they're more sort of spiritually aligned and awake to sense something that's wrong and follow like, what we would call in- intuition, mm. but what a religious person might call the voice of God. Yeah. And really, what's what's the difference? As I've become more of a spiritual person, that's almost how I've started to view it. Not God in the Christian sense, exactly, but that voice within, it is connected to some, some kind of higher high level source. Of source, yeah. yeah. It, it, it is it is like the gift of consciousness, the gift of right and wrong. The I'm even starting to feel comfortable calling that God or saying, I believe in God, because when I'm saying it now, I'm not, it doesn't have all the baggage that it used to have. Yeah, and it doesn't. Of like, what you're talking about, Christianity, you're talking about yeah, this, it's, it's like, awful, no, actually. What, so I'm like, like, talking about like, a feeling, well, a people, connection. People want the identity. As soon as you talk about God, they want you to put an identity on like, it, don't they? And they're like, well, what God? And it's like, well I feel like it's taking on a new identity for me. That's the thing. And that has happened in part because of during this pandemic, suddenly I have more in common with people of faith than people in my own close friendship group or family because I'm like, wow, you get it. You're on the same page as me. You don't think any of this is right and that we shouldn't be doing any of this and that it is part of uh, some uh, like an evil, sinister agenda. You You sniff this out the same as I have. You don't necessarily have to believe in the God form they do as a believing Christian from from that viewpoint, but the fact that both of you would recognise that there was something gravely wrong yeah, that is the connection that you still share in common. It doesn't matter that he prays to a deity and you just believe it comes from within it's the point is the connection was still there. Yeah, and we spoke to a lot of religious people at these marches and every time I'd come away like, oh, wow, that was a great conversation. I felt really like a real... Oh, they leave some profound stuff in you. Because now it feels like vital yeah. with what's happening. I think that's what a lot of religious people are doing as well by making their stand now in this company, you know, of maybe we don't want to call it the anti-vaxxers, I don't like using that word, but on this side where they actually are choosing to make a stance because they know it's wrong. You know, you could say a lot of them, as also the whole thing with fear and death, you know. Yeah. Yeah, like they don't fear death in the same way because they don't see death as final. And I'm talking about people from all faiths here because most faiths, if not all of the ones I can think of, believe in some kind of afterlife. Yeah. And if you believe in an afterlife, it's like sticking up for what's right and true in this life is more important because that affects your afterlife which is eternal so you're willing to die for what you believe in to be right and true and just and you're not frozen with fear yeah but what if I die you think doesn't matter my soul will be saved I've done the right thing and this is just a short experience in eternity Mm -hmm. which lies thereafter you you can't be manipulated in the same way as someone that's just like glued to the box watching TV at home So knowing everything that we've just talked about and knowing the opposition that the Vax agenda would have when it comes to people of faith, it would make sense to launch this whole thing in Italy and have the Pope make his comments that he's made about him being vaccinated, all of the Vatican, and the few that weren't, the deniers, and one of them seriously ill in hospital. I mean, (laughs) he couldn't be making his stance on this clearer. And he's got major opposition from a lot of people of faith as well yeah but you true. can see why they they needed the Pope to be on board with this they couldn't have a Pope in power at that point that was going the vaccine is against oh, God um, can you imagine how, um, how many people would it put off No, no so no, it's, no. it's bloody important it was, and if was, people think that it's not they've got they got to think this, again this, there's one I think there's 1.3 billion Catholics alone that you are around the world that's huge if, you, if they were all believers directly to whatever the Pope would say, then that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people you could get under your control. Yeah. So just to wrap things up, so obviously we've spoke about the virus reach in Italy and the smog-filled region of Lombardy that <laughs> was chosen as our mind imprint of what a war zone hospital would look like. Which is handy because we've never seen one since. So in the next episode, we're going to start from when the virus spread to the rest of Europe and the Western world from Italy and go into detail about things like the PCR test the mask the lockdowns mm-hmm. vocal distancing oh that was fun all the components <laughs> two <that have> <laughs> the pandemic and look at the media's role in the UK as well as picking up with our old friends Bill Gates and his goons in the WHO yes. and all the characters in the UK like Boris and Matt Hancock and oh yeah what's the new guy our new guy savage Javis here <laughs> the savage The Savage. Stay tuned. I hope you enjoyed that episode of The Schism. We've got plenty more episodes on the way. In the meantime, follow us on our Instagram at schism.tv and keep watching the skies.